everything started snowballing after that. We started working on a video for them. Wait, so you pitched yourself, you pitched yourself to this guy. I did. I like, <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm looking for some boards. You guys hear this? So you want something? Just pitch yourself. Just be like, yo, yeah, like I totally threw myself out there. It snowballed into you filming a bunch of stuff with your friends in Vermont, meeting other filmers. Right. If you want something, you have to speak up for yourself. You have to. You're listening to the Everyday is a Breakthrough podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Hummel. I'm here to invite you into living your most alive and aligned life possible. On this podcast, I'll be holding the mirror for your deepest truths and desires and giving you the permission and the power to not only follow your dreams, but to walk with firm trust in all of who you are in everything that you do. So if you're somebody who's here to live out your life's purpose and you're the kind of person who gets after it no matter what, this show is for you and I hope that you get the absolute most out of listening. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Today, I have a very special guest in my first ever in-person podcast interview, which is the only way that this would possibly make any sense because today on the show, I have my partner, Chris. Hey, what's up? Um, I'm really excited to film this episode or record this episode with you because, you know, not only are we kind of doing live together at this point. If you've been following me on Instagram, I'm sure you've seen us skating and snowboarding and surfing and traveling and behind the scenes sort of doing some other work together, which we'll talk about on the show. But yeah, I thought it'd be fun to have you on because we're both, we met at a really pivotal point in our life. We're both fully living what feels to be our purpose at this moment in time. And really navigating life together. So I thought it'd be fun to have you on here and get a little inside scoop of our life and kind of where we're at and how we roll. So let me introduce you. So Chris is a professional skateboarder and an artist. And that doesn't even really scratch the surface of who you are, what you do, but yeah. Yeah. It's definitely hard to give yourself a title, even when you have like a defined one, like professional skateboarder. (laughs) That just means so many things. Yeah. And to, it's funny to tell someone that who has no idea what that entails. Just like, Oh, cool. Like, so you skate mega ramps or like, how do you get paid? (laughs) That's usually people like, so are you in movies? Yeah. It's funny. I, I think that's one of the biggest things when you do work that's so close to your heart or like when you do this really purpose-filled work it's really hard to describe it I that's my one of my hardest issues in life people like what do you do and I've spent hours and hours and thousands of dollars working with people to try to just get that one thing that feels like it paints the whole story about what I do and I have not gotten it (laughs) yet I'm like how much time do you have? Let me explain to you what I do. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I know it's tough. We met this couple. We were at this party in New Year's and we met this couple and we we're like, oh, what do you guys do? And they were like, we're wedding photographers and we work together. And I was like, that's so dope. I wish it was that easy for me to explain what I do. 
<laughs> I know they were straight to the point. They're like, not only is it so simple, but we work together. So we only need one intro. You and I were like, I'm a life coach and a mentor. And you're like, I'm a professional skateboarder and I do this and I do that. And so really funny. But today we're tuning in from Keystone, Colorado. We live in Los Angeles, but we're here in Keystone on a snowboard trip, which was also a work trip for Chris that I have been lucky enough to get invited to two years in a row. So yeah, we're here. It was a super last minute trip. I think he booked it like 20 minutes in advance. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I apologize for that. It was like 12, maybe 24 hours in advance, but originally you weren't going to come. And then we both decided it makes more sense for you to come. Yeah. Because we both love snowboarding. And even though it was in the middle of like one of the busiest work weeks of your life so far, (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. I've been saying to Chris recently, I'm like, Chris, all I want in our relationship is to, which is so funny because it's like, we, we always want what we don't have and like what we do in our life right now, which is like on the whim trips, traveling. Like, it's so fun. It's so energetic. It's what I always dreamed about. And now that I'm here, I'm like, Chris, I want to plan things more. Like instead of going out to dinner on a whim, I want to make reservations instead of going on a trip on a whim. I want to plan it. And I, asked you for that or express that desire like the week prior I think it's just so funny that we planned the most last minute trip <laughs> to date I'm like all I want is planning and calm and I'm having this really busy week and I just wanted to be chill and they're like how about a last minute snowboard trip to Colorado and I'm like great sounds good <laughs> um yeah it's tough to plan things sometimes, especially like in the professional skateboarding world where I get asked to go on a trip, like within a week's notice sometimes. And I just have to get up and go. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice contrast to plan a trip without like a real work skate related. We've never done it. We've never done it. I mean, we're getting there. We've tacked on fun trips on the way to skate events. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's funny. We've never like Barbados. Yeah, but that was that for was my family, family related. related. We go on so many trips together, which is really cool. And and yesterday in the lobby, you expressed like the gratitude for the flexibility that we both have in our careers to be able to do this. Like you travel a lot for work. I work from my computer more or less. And it's really great that we have that flexibility and you're able to invite me on trips. Oftentimes, sometimes they get paid for by your sponsors. It's like in a contract that I can come sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just come. But it's really awesome that it works together and we're able to like create that flexibility. Yeah. That is special. It might not be the most calming at times, but <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah. It's I'm like, cool, this will work. And then, yeah, it's fun. But I, I think neither of us would have it any other way. Yeah. I mean, sure. It'd be nice to plan like a international trip, like six months in advance, (laughs) but like normal, like families do. Yeah. We'll get there. Maybe we'll get there. there. We've been trying to plan a trip to Vancouver and we'll, we'll be like, we're going to go like, this is the day. And then somebody will be like, 
hey, Chris, can you go to this event or or something will happen? So we've never gotten there, but I don't think it's that important for us. I mean, it is important, but I think we're both really happy with how life is and like being able to go on all these other trips that I don't think that we're missing out. Yeah, because we can always make time to do fun things together on these certain trips where it's not like work, work, work the entire time can either like show up early or stay after or enjoy the time there. Like we got, we got to go to Mount bachelor last year and snowboard for the weekend. That was fun. Granted. I was like doing an autograph signing and like a ribbon cutting and like watching this contest go down for Mountain Dew. But we also got to ride and just like play dominoes all weekend. And- yeah meet some cool people i think that fell on a weekend and i didn't work at all which was awesome i had so much fun on that trip that's like an unexpected just really fun time and then on this trip we're staying an extra day and snowboarding so Mm -hmm. we went ice skating last night we did chris has been wanting to go ice skating and i had so much resistance toward it because i kind of have this big ego around like living in the woods and like natural stuff it's living in the woods and on Christmas, you wanted, or on Halloween, you wanted to get a pumpkins. And the only place to get pumpkins in LA is in a parking lot in Target Ugh. or Walmart or something like that. Because it was Target. It was Target. And we went and we got pumpkins. And I was like, this is so sad. I grew up in the middle of the woods. We'd go to a pumpkin patch, like mm-hmm. this whole thing. And the same thing happened on Christmas. Yeah, Do you want to share that. about where we got our Christmas tree? We got a Christmas tree down the street. Like, not quite Target, but... Across the street from Target. Yeah, it was in a asphalt parking lot. But granted, they had brought a pile of snow <laughs> and there was a little sledding hill for kids and people like us who want to feel like we're still in nature. Yeah. And then you were like, let's go ice skating. And I'm like, I don't want to go ice skating in LA. I want to... I don't know. I... Sometimes I have a little bit of that where the resistance. Sometimes I do, but it was really fun in Keystone today. Like the mountains were in the background. It was actually on a frozen lake. Not like I, I don't really have standards around ice skating. I think that sometimes in LA, I just don't get the full experience that I wish that I could have for my childhood. <laughs> like when we went and got a Christmas tree as a kid or going ice skating in LA is so different yeah. than going. I mean, that's not true. I used to go ice skating in New York and in Pittsburgh. Mm. So maybe I'm just, I mean, maybe I didn't want to go. <laughs> also <laughs> like about two years ago, you were living in the woods. Yeah. Like fully surrounded by trees and a river. And I've been living in LA for like 11 years. So I still haven't gotten it. fully used to it, but like I'm, I'm like numb to like the city life. Yeah. But I still can't get enough of visiting Vermont in the summers. Yeah. It's funny. Like you are sort of used to it and I'm still getting used to it. I'm like a Christmas tree in a parking lot. Like, (laughs) don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. But we made the best of it. They had a a little sledding hill and we went sledding on a sledding hill in that parking lot where we got our tree. So yeah, that was actually fun. And I loved our holiday this year. It was the first time in my life that with somebody you're like my family now that we had our own little holiday we celebrated Hanukkah we decorated we put up lights and stockings so that was fun but anyway 
Hmm. Let's talk. I always start these episodes with how we met. Um, So let's just do a little snapshot about how we met. Okay. And take it from there. Do you want to take the mic? Sure. You want to share how we met? I know the date very specifically. It was December 13th, 2019. That's tomorrow's like our month anniversary. We're filming this on the 12th. That's cool. (laughs) We never remember. We'll probably forget tomorrow. But I was having a party in Vermont. I was visiting home in the winter to celebrate turning professional for Element Skateboards, which I had been working towards for like six years specifically on that brand. But Altogether, like since I was 10, I'd always wanted that. Your whole life. Yeah. So I was like 28 and finally it was coming true. And to coincide with the party, I love making art. So some people who work at Element egged me on to have an art show. And I chose to have it at one of my favorite coffee shops in town, Uncommon Grounds. So I shipped the art to Vermont and my friend Blotto hung it all up for me. And I just got to show up and enjoy the party and in line to get into the coffee shop I turn around and meet Jaden she was there with her friend Mary and I was with like a handful of my friends and my parents you were rolling deep it you was were with a lot of people it was overwhelming to say the least but but at that point I was like on cloud nine just to like see everything all set up and done there was no way anything could go wrong. So it was great. Who called this? Somebody called it Chris's rock star moment because you were turning pro, which was something you had been working toward since you were 10. So like for 20 years or more, really, mm-hmm. you had been working toward becoming a pro skater. So you were turning pro in your hometown. So like everyone who's known you from day one, right? It's like, what was it more? Was it better than your pro party in LA? Or? Yeah. Three days prior, we had a party in L.A., which was fun, but my parents couldn't make it out. So it didn't feel like as special. Yeah. So you came home for like your special party celebrating something. What? Also, the party, I knew it was happening. Like sometimes people turn pro and like they have no idea and their friends and their parents like emerge from the woods. They're like legit surprise them. But this was different. I had like been working on a video part to coincide with the release for like six months and like animated my own name saying cookie is pro. And it was like drilled in my head, like what was happening, which was fine. It was just a different approach. So usually in skateboarding or oftentimes when you turn pro, it's a surprise. Yeah. Kind of. Ideally they'll surprise you if they know you well enough and they like, you can get your family involved so you were a little disappointed you didn't get a surprise you had to plan it but you were who called it your rock star moment when you came to vermont which was a a big thing and then your first art show was also big for you right yeah definitely i had been involved in a couple shows prior but that was the first like standalone show but it was my old neighbor and good friend tim davis who said your rock star called it my rock star moment (laughs) you turn pro have your first art show and meet the the most amazing woman in the world yeah me and the coffee shop just kind of funny and then we went to a skate shop after maven where we showed the video i had been working on and Wait, you, i want to you met my parents and they like wingmanned me <laughs> i want to back up though so you okay. had your art show at a coffee shop and i came to the art show and Yes, I was interested in the art show, but really I had a friend who was going to be there and I was 
you know, maybe going to go meet up with my friend who was at the art show. But the only reason I was there was because I had just gotten a concussion, which I've talked about before. So I couldn't snowboard. So it was winter. The conditions were great at the mountain. And I was devastated. Like you would have thought my life was ending. Like I was devastated that I couldn't go snowboarding because at the time I was working at a nine to five and I only had those two weekend days to go ride. So I was so upset. Like my life was over as I knew it for that weekend. And I decided I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go to this art show. I kind of convinced my friend and I did want to go though. And Mm -hmm. then I ended up going there and I actually opened the door to uncommon where the, where the show was. And the line was super long. It was you and all your friends were in line. We showed up at the same time and the line was really long and I closed the door and I left. And normally I wouldn't do that, but I think I was sort of dealing with a concussion still and it was overwhelming and it was just a lot. And usually I'm not overwhelmed in situations like that, but it was a lot to handle. So I left and I was like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> Which This is so not normal for me. Usually I'm like, oh, whatever. And I kind of gave myself a pep talk and I walked back in and then we were in line at the same time. And, you know, there was definitely that little, I feel like there was that little connection. We kind of looked into each other's eyes and there was some sort of something happening there. Right. Yeah. Or was that only on my, no, I, I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we met in a coffee shop and then I did end up meeting your parents because there was another party at a skate shop where they played your video. And I was with my friend Mary and I didn't really know anybody because I had only been skating for a year at that point. So I didn't really know the Vermont skate community that was there. So I stood next to your parents and got to know them really before I met you. And this is so funny because I got some of the dirt and I kind of knew everything I needed to know. I heard that you volunteered, you know, with kids, I kind of got a little low down. So I was like, okay, he's a good person, you know, (laughs) because I had no idea who you were, but just from meeting your parents and I feel like all parents think their kids are great. So probably not best practice to just take somebody's parents word, but you know, they were talking about how you volunteer and just how great of a person you are which is really true I mean you really are it's like embarrassing but it's a trustworthy source yeah so So it's kind of ideal for having (laughs) just met someone it's not like wait like six months and then meet the parents it's like okay 30 minutes later yeah so I met your parents we hung out and then really you ended up in Vermont for for two weeks and we got to know each other over that two-week time period yeah I was there to stay over Christmas and I just kept hitting you up and we hung out a bunch. We went snowboarding, did some skating. Yeah. Which if you live in Vermont and you're single for anybody listening to this show who lives in Vermont, there's not that many people there. Like there's really not. So when, when I met you, I had not been in a relationship for a while and you recently just got out of a relationship. But for me, I had been on my own in Vermont for a while and I was kind of ready to meet someone which in my life in the past usually I had never really felt that way before but I was kind of in a time period where I was like you know what 
I live in the middle of the woods. I heat my house with wood that I have to chop down. Like it would be kind of nice, you know, to have somebody. So I was kind of ready at that point in my life. I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, if you live in Vermont, there's not that many people there. <laughs> I actually remember, I never online dated, but I downloaded an app. <laughs> I remember doing like a 20 year age range or whatever in the town that I lived in in Vermont. And there was one person and he was like in all camo. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but just like, probably not someone I would want to date. <laughs> so there was like not that many people there. So when I met you, I was, had no expectations that really anything would amount from it because you lived in LA and I lived in Vermont, but it was really exciting. Like I was really excited to have met you because it was fun. And, you know, as, as it seemed, I already knew everybody who lived in Vermont. So it was kind of fun to right. meet some, you and your friends. Some fresh faces. Yeah. But Don't everyone, but everyone knew who you were because you're kind of, yeah. you're like a local celeb. I spent the first 19 years of my life in Vermont, and you're, but then I left. And you're like one of three professional skateboarders to come out of Vermont. Right. Small town. Yeah. So everyone loves you. It's great. I mean, it's cool to know that I have a lot of supporters over there. Yeah. It's great. People in Vermont love you. Like when we, when we started dating I remember my one friend was like what kind of shampoo does he use <laughs> like it's, it's it's cool um yeah people yeah not many people you. come out of Vermont as skateboarders there's a lot of snowboarders a lot of just great people in general but skateboarding is not like on the forefront of things to do it's snowing seven months out of the year because it's cold there and this is cool so I want to talk about your story because obviously this podcast, whatever, it's about following your purpose, no matter what, showing up for what you want, no matter what, following Mm -hmm. through when there is no evidence and really moving with confidence in who you are. Those are like the main teachings really. And then of course, in my coaching programs and in my work, we go into the nervous system and how to, you know, master the inner workings of your nervous system and all of that to to move forward and expand. But I want to talk about your journey because you came out of Vermont as a professional skateboarder, which, and I'll let you describe it, but I'm going to like lay out the framework is what that means is that you like went against the odds. You were like, I live in this snowy place. I love skateboarding. And you really had to pave your own way and like devote to that and do it. And I'm sure it didn't feel, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm sure you didn't see much of a vision for what could come from that. You were just like, this is it. I love this. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to follow everything that helps me continue to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely took like a lot of trust in myself and my abilities to keep doing it over the years, but it helps to have friends around me, like kind of pushing me to do it ever since like even middle school, the skills developed like over time. But when did you know that you wanted to do it? Cause you started skateboarding when you were like nine. Yeah. And then Ten. your brother skated, you got into it. Like when were you like, Oh, I'm going to start filming. Oh, okay. Which Let me say this too. Nowadays, anyone can film, anyone can put it on Instagram. And mm-hmm. you, you were like, 
doing this in Vermont, which is essentially on Mars, <laughs> when there was no social media, like sending people your footage. So when did you decide like, oh, I'm going to do this? Yeah, I'm going to try. I think what opened my eyes was being such a local at Talent Skate Park when they opened in 2001. They started hosting demos where pros, pro skaters would come from out of town and show up for the day and skate in front of a crowd of people, myself and my friends, anyone who came to watch. And you got to see people who are living their dream and skating as a career right in front of you as a human and doing like crazy stunts at the park that I grew up skating. So it like all started to translate into being like, wow, this is beginning to feel realistic because I'm meeting somebody who's doing what I want to do. Yeah. And this is so good because this is what I talk about. And like when you started to see it as possible, like you were like, I see there was a seed planted of like, maybe, right? Like maybe this could work. I'm seeing it in front of my own eyes. Other people are doing it. And I always share when you're following something or like following your purpose or doing these things, which always is an edge. It's always such a journey. It's not like just getting a job you don't care about is in order to really follow through, you have to find the evidence that it's possible in order for it to even be planted as an idea. Like if you think there's 0% chance that you'll be able to do something, you'll never try. I was sharing it in a, a coaching call yesterday. And like, if you were going to a holiday party and it was a 10 hour drive and the party was starting in two hours, you would never get in your car and go. Yeah, true. But if you knew like, maybe I can make it on time. Like if the traffic's not bad and everything works out and, and they start eating an hour late, like maybe I can catch them, hmm. you'll go. So you saw that and downloaded some evidence of, oh, there's pro skaters in my hometown. That's a really important piece, right? You're right. You've explained too to me before. You're like, if you can visualize something and it you can like picture yourself doing it, that's like, that means you should go towards it. But if you can't like imagine it at all, like you're not even going to desire it. Yeah. And I talk about this too, because sometimes we do manifestation. And if you've worked with me, like I have my own thing about manifestation. I don't really use that word, but envisioning and going after your dreams mm -hmm. and our body has a built in barrier. If it is fully impossible, we will not go for it. Like we just won't, like we are never like, Oh, I want to grow wings and fly to the moon. Or I don't envision that I want to skate handrails down a 20 stair because I do not and will not ever see it as a possibility. So my nervous system, my body has a built in barrier. So what I'm saying is if you thought about it and you think there's a chance, there probably is. And your body will tell you otherwise. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you went to talent, you saw pro skaters. How old were you? Like nine? I was like, yeah, um, between 10 and 14 okay. in those years when there were a lot of demos coming into town. Yeah. And I was just branching out of my shell, getting to know friends at the skate park. And you're kind of shy. I am pretty shy. So I think meeting that skate park opening, the indoor skate park talent opening when I was like 10 years old, going through puberty and like trying to make friends was 
monumental <laughs> in like the angle of my life. Yeah. And it's important that the it skate was a park pivotal moment. It's important the skate park was indoors because in Vermont you you can only skate what like two days out of the year when it's warm enough, like three months. Yeah, maybe if you're lucky in January, the sun will come out on like a 40 degree day and the basketball courts dry up. <laughs> but that's about it. You were going against the odds. Okay, so you had that download and then what you were like, I'm gonna be a pro skater. What what happened? I mean, I just started frequenting the skate park and got a job there and started getting a couple sponsorships through the shop, like rep flows would come through to sell shoes and boards and they would ask their local employees at talent like hey who's like an up-and-coming skater and oftentimes they'd mention me or like friends of mine so that got my foot in the door initially and started to like instill hope okay I love it what I'm hearing like I always translate it in like through the lens of this work is you were like I love skating I'm gonna keep doing it no matter what did you care at that point if I mean no not at all I didn't want to play team sports I enjoyed playing basketball in middle school but it got too competitive but like (laughs) like skating was great because I could there was no point system like nobody was judging me sure people would like tell you your foot's dragging or something yeah or but people judge you now you do contests now but were were you when you were doing that and becoming this up-and-coming kid that people are recognizing were you actively working toward like a professional goal or were you just like I love skating and I'm gonna do it with my friends I think subconsciously I always wanted my name on a board on that wall where when you break board, you go into the shop and you pick a, you pick a board off the wall. And mm. <clears throat> oftentimes there'd be a pro skater's name on that board. And it was so cool to just imagine that like being a possibility. But deep down, I just wanted to keep skating because I could feel myself progressing at it. And it made so much sense. I didn't have to drive up to the mountain to snowboard. I could just in the summer walk out my door, yeah, <laughs> skate in my driveway. So this is so great. So you... There's two pieces here, right? You like mm-hmm. saw it as possible. And then it was something that you would show up for no matter what, which mm-hmm. I talk about all the time. You're like, I'm going to skate no matter what. I hope it works out. I have this vision. I've downloaded it, but it doesn't even matter because I'm going to keep going. And when you have that piece, that's when things really work. Because in order to really generate enough momentum, follow through, we you have to love it because you have to love it more than the parts of it that are hard, right? Like the love has to slightly outweigh the challenge. So why don't you just talk a little bit? So you're at talent and then you went, so say you're 10 or 14. When do most people, when do people like turn pro? Well, in the last couple of decades, it was normal for people to turn pro like as a teenager. Yeah. So people are trying like early 20s, maybe early 20s and teens <clears throat> is normal. So you're 10, 14, and then you go on this like 20 year almost journey of pursuing. Essentially, I'm not going to chalk it down to like, oh, I just want to be a pro skater. because It's so much more than that. But that was part of the goal, right? That's part of the milestone. And you went on this essentially 20 year long journey. And I, I want you to share a little bit about what that was like 
And I also just want to know so often we have a dream and then we build up enough evidence that we might fail at it. Right. You're like fail. And you start to build up this evidence that it might not work. And when you were on this 20 year journey, there was this, you know, kind of obvious fact that, you know, a lot of people are kind of turning pro younger, but you kept going despite any evidence. And I wasn't there. I hadn't met you, but despite any evidence or any rejection, which you experienced a lot of that along your path, you kept going. So if you can possibly in this short time period, just explain a little bit of what that was like from moving from talent to being where you are yeah now let me just sum up a 20-year experience yeah here we got a one two three go (laughs) well I definitely had my the odds were against me living in Vermont there's no skate industry there yeah except for the local shop and random people coming through to sell product so moving out west seemed like in my best interest I saw a lot of people doing it in town a couple of skaters had done it in town and then turned professional Skaters had moved to LA. Yes, like Marshall Heath and Dave Hebert both migrated and made it happen. So I followed suit with the help of some friends and moved to Los Angeles. You met someone on MySpace. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) With the help of some friends, let me go into detail there. Okay. When I was 15, I was I picked up a couple sponsors at Talent, like Duff Shoes. Um, I think that didn't last long. So I got another box from Globe and I was on the talent team, felt special. Mountain Dew sponsored me at 15, maybe 16. That was really cool. I'm still sponsored by them today, which is crazy, like 15 years later. And yeah, I started like nerding out. I had a computer in my room. That was pretty special. It was like big box monitor, dial up internet. (laughs) You're aging yourself. I don't think YouTube was a thing yet, maybe just beginning, but I had sent out my footage on MySpace to this company I found that was located in Palmdale, California called Silent Skateboards. And they hit me back and were super friendly and sent me a box of boards. So I started writing them and then he wanted to fly me out to California to meet him. And my parents were like, uh, who is this guy? His name was Paul Wilson. And he started the brand for his son so they could bond and he could make fun art projects with them and bring them out on the weekends. Anyways, I went out to California with my dad and my friend Mark Nicholson from New Hampshire. And we met Paul and his son and all their friends, and they were all super cool. We had a positive experience, came home, shared that with my friends. Everything started snowballing after that. We started working on a video for them. A new friend of mine, James Buckman from Long Island, New York. We started hanging out more and filming. Chris Whitaker started shooting photos. And then my friends moved to California. Jordan and Chris moved to California, to LA on Paul's dime. Wait, so you pitched yourself, you pitched yourself to this guy. I did. I like, <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm looking for some boards. You guys hear this? So you want something? Just pitch yourself. Just be like, yo, like totally threw myself out there. Throwing spaghetti at the wall. You pitched yourself to a dude on MySpace, which I'm sure he was more than that. Yeah. 
it snowballed into you filming a bunch of stuff with your friends in Vermont, meeting other filmers. Right. If you want something, you have to speak up for yourself. You have to. You've put yourself out there a lot. And I, I want to hear more about that. So you, anyway, long know, story short. It's crazy that happened. All your friends moved out there. This guy paid for it. Yeah. He rented them a house in La Crescenta like on the top of a hill for them to live in and keep working on their video and to like kind of spread their wings and really pursue skateboarding as we know it in California, which is where you go to do it. And then you came after. So you pitched yourself, your friends ended up going and then you went after. Yeah. They kind of jumped the gun because they were a couple of years older than me and I was still finishing high school. <laughs> I wanted to finish high school and like enjoy Good those years with my friends. I was having a great time. All the odds were against you. You're like, all your friends are going to pursue your dream and you're still in freaking high school. Yeah. They're like calling me like, dude, you're going to move out. Like we got a, a couch for you. I'm like, ah, oh, that feels so like unsettling in my nervous system. And you are not like a big, moving's I, big yeah, for you. I remember, I remember asking my friend, I was like, how much money do you spend a month on groceries? Like, what, is, what should I expect to, that I'm jumping into? Because I've been living with my parents and had worked a few jobs, hadn't saved up that much money. I worked really hard for that year before I moved and saved five grand working at Brugger's Bagels. That's a lot. I mean, I never had five grand. In baking bagels at 4 a.m. And you worked at a seafood counter at the grocery store, right? Yeah, I did that prior. <laughs> okay, so you... I wasn't proud of that. <laughs> you moved out there. This guy essentially paid for you and your friends to be out there. It really yeah. paved the way for your career. And then I'd love it. And if you don't want to go this way, you can go somewhere else. But because I know there's so much and I don't even know all of it. But just through the lens of like following no matter what being rejected still going like I am the prize no matter what if you want to talk about like you know a couple pivotal moments or trips or things on the way to where you are right now yes fast forward I move out a year after high school the Paul had to pull the plug on paying our rent and making boards for us because he was dealing with another issue in life so there's more evidence that it's not going to work. Your funding and everything yeah. that you had. So now we're all out there and kind of on our own, really, in, in the jungle, the concrete jungle of life. And Los Angeles, <laughs> we love you. I started working at a coffee shop, just was paying rent, barely. Started skating, continued to keep skating. But living in Los Angeles made meeting people a lot more realistic and easy. Everyone in the skate industry is in LA. Like mostly. Yeah. Sort of. I started to, I started to meet more people and got to like film at a higher caliber skating, better spots, skating year round. Can I say something? That was huge. Yeah. Okay. So another important piece here is number one, when we look at doing something new, following your dreams, the number one thing that we look at is your environment and who you who you're surrounding yourself with so a huge piece of this was putting yourself in the right place with the right people and this goes for anyone no matter what you're doing so often I see people start to go what's wrong with me why haven't I made it why is nothing working out or whatever and 
before doing all the inner work. Like, am I not good enough at skating or do I not, am I not good enough at marketing or whatever your thing is? The first thing is, where are you and who are you surrounding yourself with? Like, let's go there first. Right. Keep going. I was in a place where I could skate year round and I was surrounded by people I cared about and people who cared about me and also valued skating. What do you mean they cared about you? Like, I knew these guys I moved out with since I was like 15. Oh, like your friends. So you had a strong support. Yeah, I got to move out with my like genuine friends, which was huge. Like to move to California on your own would be terrifying. Yeah, let me tell you about it. It was terrifying (laughs) just doing it that way too. But I think I can, a lot of that contributed to staying on track and continuing to skate no matter what. Yeah. Because there were some downtimes where I didn't have a sponsor, a board sponsor, or many in general, and wasn't quite sure like what my long-term plan was, but I was in a warm place with my friends and we could all go skate together. And that's just what we kept doing. Like, and we would film for no reason. And thankfully having talented filmers and editors around me, they would put the work in and help me build video parts which turned into like a resume for me to get onto element. But before element, I mean, there was like before element, you were like, God, there was one thing I wanted. Oh, you're being, I wanted to say you're being really humble. (laughs) because You're like, Oh, it just worked out. And people film. you had a lot of talent and you put yourself in the right place. And people were skateboarding is weird because you essentially really work there's not a ton of money in the beginning so people were just down to film me because they saw your potential which is so right. important too is that when you're doing something you need and i will say that almost don't quote me on it but i'm gonna say it now you need people around you who see your potential right you really do you're right no one none of those filmers that were like breaking their back all day to film me were getting paid to do it yeah, they saw your potential. They're just like, cool. Like, I want to like help lend a hand in this guy's like career like, that we have no idea where it's gonna go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they want to see me like get recognition. So they pointed their cameras at me and worked hard. Skateboarding's so cool in that way. Like because they're all skaters themselves, and like maybe they like a lot of filmers like didn't quite have the skill, maybe, or drive to push themselves to be in front of the camera and like stay healthy enough to jump down stairs and rails. So they pick up a camera (laughs) so they can live vicariously through their friends and like help them get to a higher level. That's so cool. Okay. I love it. Skating. So cool. I mean, Uh, there's always, but so I want to talk about, so from there, and I'm sorry, because I know we could talk for like 1200 million hours, but from there to element, like you had little sponsors and they drop you you even went on trips where after the trip they're like sorry we're not putting you on the team like you told me that and you can talk about it you went on like a week-long skate trip and at the end they literally were just like hey sorry like we don't want you I would have not only quit my career I would have quit skating I would have moved to Alaska I would have started like cooking full-time like it would have devastated me to and you were just like oh I'm gonna keep going 
So that was a month long trip, actually. A month. You got rejected after a month. I would. Yeah, that was tough. But like, oh my god, I know. Thanks Regret. To, thanks to having friends around, though. It's like no, but tell me about what that was like. It I was. Mean, it was tough. Like you spend a month on the road with a group of people. You're trying to get to know them. You're trying to. In the point, they what? weren't my like day one friends. But it was like a test run. Kind of, yeah. You were on a test run. Exactly. And you failed. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So tell but me like, a little bit about that. Yeah, it was, they were paying me at the time too. So okay. for that to get like taken out. Oh, so it was more than a test run. You were on yeah, the team. But that was like the ultimate test run. Oh man. So yeah, devastating at the time. But you went on a month long skate trip. Yeah. With a bunch of people. And it was about how's your skating and also how are you as a match for like someone who we want to have on the team. I mean, and there's, it's not only about skating, it's about your ability in terms of the professional career. It's not only about your skating, it's about how marketable are you because the money in skateboarding is in bigger brands that usually sell clothing and skate and shoes or skateboards and about what's the word compatibility yeah so it's like all this stuff goes into play you're not just like oh i'm it's not just skill no it's a whole freaking picture that people are you gotta dress cool or at least like (laughs) be friendly or outgoing so you failed the test and you kept going in a sense yes i didn't let it like discourage me entirely how I still had a couple sponsors at the time. Like okay. Mountain Dew was still supporting me. Mighty Healthy clothing brand was supporting me at the time. So you were like, they don't want me, but I'm good. I have enough evidence that I can keep going. Yeah. Forward. And, I had, and this was a shoe company. Yes. It was for Huff Shoes, which was really cool to be involved with because they stopped making shoes a little while afterwards. Okay. So it was like a special time and place. And some of my favorite pro skaters like Keith Huffnagel, who started the brand was on that trip and he's passed away since rest in peace. And, and Dylan reader too, one of my favorite skaters was met up in Hawaii at the end and he's also passed away. So rest in peace to him, but special time and place. Yeah. So, so you did that and then it didn't work and then you kept going and then, and then what you just got an element or what happened? I had been getting boards from element when that trip started, but it was very fresh but there was one thing I wanted to touch on was that coming from Vermont, like it, I was up against the odds having left at 19 years old because oh. a lot of kids who grew up in California are like in the face of the industry since they're like 12 wow. and they gain sponsors like early. That's why they turn pro before they turn 20. <laughs> but I came into it kind of late where they're like, who is this like 20 year old kid that no one's ever seen? He's but, really pale. But then, yeah, the pale skin. <laughs> It helped in the long run because I stood out. I was from the East Coast. They're like, oh, that's cool. I mean, yeah. It just proves that you care about skating, just knowing where you're from and that you kept skating through the years of the winters. Yeah. Like, I respect a lot of skaters who make it happen who live in New York or live in Boston or Montreal. Yeah, it's much harder. And it just, yeah, it was a fun little like, a way to market myself or 
it's a good like conversation starter. It's like, all right, we got this quiet kid. He's good. He's from Vermont. It's like, okay, cool. It's like, still interesting. Let's see what it, let's see what's happening. <laughs> People or, are like, it's Vermont estate. Let's like hit play on a sponsor me tape. Yeah. But like some kid from like, so. I don't know, Huntington Beach or San Diego. It's like, oh man, another one. It's like you really got to be good to stand out in that crowd. Yeah. Oh, that makes it so crazy. Like anyone else would have been like fuck it i'm too late i'm already 19 <laughs> like yeah like i'll just get a job at the bank i'll just get a job <laughs> at the bank like that would make more sense but instead you did it you got a job at element and like you got your foot in the door at element you ended up skating for them and through this time period like you were like approaching 30 and you were in a relationship at the time where they were like i don't really know if yeah, they you were... should keep doing this, which anyone would possibly say. Like, yeah. hey, I don't. Pretty valid concern. I don't know, man. When you're like 26, <laughs> 27, it's like you're not seeing any hope in getting a pro board. And you but were... you're still going out skating every day, spending like a couple hundred bucks on gas and putting your body on the line. <laughs> your time is gone. But... Okay. It's not gone. You're spending a lot of time like <laughs> out in the world coming back with like little to show. I want to drop in on this piece because we say sometimes in in order to make it, I don't know what else to call it, like in order to do it, you have to almost be psycho in the way that you believe in, in yourself. Like you have to be like in what's the word? Like for like delusional you have to delusionally <laughs> believe in yourself because you were I mean it's almost to an outside eye delusional you're approaching 30 you're spending every day skateboarding with your friends with people with these brands there's no guarantee and it's almost delusional and it's the same way like in my career I had to delusionally believe in myself like there were months and months and months where I was making a zero 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 dollars no one saying like hey I'm interested or hey I want to work with you or hey I love what you're saying and I had to be literally be delusional like it would make sense to get a job but I know I'm gonna gonna keep going so you were delusional and I think it's a point and I don't really mean you're delusional it's kind of a joke no but that's this path of falling your heart can seem so crazy and what I'm really dropping in to say is like if Mm -hmm. you want it badly enough keep going and you are truly the most patient I don't know what the word is like you follow through like you can see the end goal and work toward it really well so it's just really, really cool that you did that and highlighting all the different times when 99.9% of people would have said, like, I've had it. enough. Like, I've had enough. I'm m- tired. Moving back east or something. You're also putting your body on the line. So you're. Yeah, that was tough. It's not like you're. And I was also working jobs to help myself pay rent and stay afloat because yeah. I was not making enough to like survive in a big city. Yeah. So then what happened? I would. Yeah, I was working like (laughs) half the week and skating the other half and then trying to balance like relationships and my own life in that mix. And how'd that go? Not great. (laughs) Kind of fell apart, but 
but hey, you know, man. that's life. Some things aren't meant to be. Everything works out. Yeah. Everything works out when you follow your path and your purpose. It all works out because things fell apart in your life, but you ended up going pro for Element. A relationship you put a lot of time into didn't end up working out, but then you know your career worked oh out God. and we met. Another ego blast was when I like didn't make it in this giant video Element had been working towards <laughs> for like four years. <laughs> So I thought I was going to be in it. And then I got a call saying I wasn't. Wait, but you're like not explaining it. You filmed for four years of your life. Yeah. I had been filming for this video specifically for like three plus years going on trips to like Europe and, and filming around LA and putting my body on the freaking line. Got so hurt in the process just to find out like I didn't even get a cameo. Yeah, you got nothing. You and then I like really was contemplating life and what I was doing with it. So you and were- then people started leaving the company, like skaters I was friends with, and and I my ego was like I should leave too. Like and you were not pro yet. No, it wasn't. And pro how yet. long were you working toward being pro for them? Like four years. At Wild. Least, and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go. This is not working out. Yeah, I was like probably time to pull the plug. Maybe I should write for this other company that my friend started. Which this is another pivotal point. Shout out Orville. But this is another pivotal point that I have this mantra. I'm like, good things are right around the corner because Mm. not to say this as a limiting belief or anything, but you very often will hit a point where you're like, okay, I don't, I'm okay. I'm like not going to keep going. And so often right on the other side of that is success. I remember like crying in bed at our house in LA like a year and a half ago. Like being like, oh my God, I think I have to get a job. The next month I made 20 grand in my business. Mm. And the, I was literally crying in bed. Like, oh my God, Damn. what have I been doing? I don't even think I told you that. But and then like the next month I had, you know, I, made, I started to make money. And then from there, and it's not about money, obviously, but like it is when you have to live. Totally. And then all of a sudden it started working. And so you at this point where you're like, I think I'm going to quit. And then, and then what? Yeah. And then I got, I started reaching out to mentors that I really cared about. Mm, good. Who I respect. Love it. <laughs> Important mentorship. Like friends, older friends, like people I respect who have known me for years, including my parents. And I was getting mixed reviews. There were biased ones who were like, yeah, quit. I mean, just throw it in their face and show them what they're missing out on. And other friends were like, well, you put in this much time, like might be worth sticking around. And I ended up sticking around and I put out the footage I had been filming for that video in a separate project. So when you didn't get included in the video, you took everything you had filmed and- I wanted to leave with it. But I stayed Um, and I put it out through elements just in a different version, which ended up working out in my favor because that video I wasn't in never went to Thrasher on their website, which is the main hub of skateboarding, like where people watch it. Instead, it went to iTunes where you have to pay to get it. And nowadays, like there's so much skating content 
out there. No one's paying. Nobody pays for a skate video. So it ended up working out that you didn't get put in the four-year video. You took your footage, you put it out, and it ended up working out really well for you. And just for the sake of time, I'd love to kind of fast forward from that point. You went pro at Element. You had, I don't know if there's anything else in between you want to add, but you essentially turned pro for Element. We met. And what else happened from to where you are today? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So they finally gave me a board once I hung out long enough to prove that I was like down for the cause. Mm -hmm. And the footage spoke for itself. They gave me the board. I went to Vermont through the party. We met. Right after. Yeah. And then like. So if you had never stuck it out, we wouldn't have met. I know. Things do happen for a reason. And you got to like see through the dark sometimes. Yeah, but and then really, I'm a firm believer that when you follow your heart, like things work out, not only in your career, but like in your relationships and just everything. I really think when you say yes to you, the universe is like, here you go. Here's a little bit more. Yeah, here's a little bit more. So not much time went by, maybe a year of being pro for element that I realized like there's a better avenue for me which was warble my friends from vermont who's who had started this clothing company and then turned into a board company so i jumped ship and now i ride for warble back to like a skater owned brand identity shift that was terrifying to do at the time but in hindsight now being about two years later feels amazing and let me just say so you're on element it wasn't feeling super aligned you went yes. to move on to a more aligned board company. And with that. Right. With that came like a new identity and feeling proud of what I'm doing and, and like tons of new opportunities. Yeah. Like New Balance decided to actually bring me onto the team once I took that leap of faith and got on Warble because it shows I'm doing it for the right reasons still. Yeah. And all of that, essentially, all that stuff, which we could have talked about for 100 million thousand bajillion hours, led you to where you are today from sticking it out, seeing through the dark, showing up no matter what, against all the odds. And then finally, you were like, I'm going to ride for this company that makes more sense to me. Through that, you essentially gained enough support to really do it full time without working at that point. And it was funny when we met. (laughs) I'll pop myself in here. You were working for a a long time, working other jobs. Hmm. And my thing, if y'all haven't figured out, I'm like, go for it. Like jump in, do what you want. That's how things are going to work out. And even up until for a while, you're always like, maybe I should pick up some catering shifts. Maybe I should like do some more work, which is not to like put this on you, but it's like a scarcity mindset of like, what if this doesn't work out? Let me keep something to fall back on. And yeah. I would always say, I remember you would be like, well, maybe I'll pick up a shift. And I'd be like, why? Like you have your art, you have your skateboarding. Like why put your energy in these other jobs when you have so much and can actually generate so much more momentum there? And that was a shift too when we started Yeah, totally. It's been so helpful living with you because I sometimes want to resort back to like a mindless, safe job where it's like a catering shift, but, or I could use my mind and pursue what I love and like incorporate my art more into my life. Can can I 
Can I say something? Sure. Last year on Christmas, and mind you, you've been doing this full time for a while, skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And last year over the holidays, you were going to pick up a shift. And I was kind of pissed. I'm like, <laughs> dude, like we both have created these lives where we have all this freedom and all this flexibility and we're living in our purpose and we've done all this stuff. I don't say that like in our, I'm not like, Oh, we're living in our purpose, but I'm like, we've created uh-huh. this life. We're doing what we love. We have all this time. Like why the F would you pick up a shift on the holiday? Like, don't do that to me. I want to hang out with you. Like, come on. And you're like, well, I can make this much money. And I was like, why don't you sell? Why don't you do something else instead and make money in a different way? And you ended up selling art over the holidays and bringing in way more income than you would have in one night of catering. And we got to, I don't remember what we did. So I guess maybe you could have taken a shift, but we got to spend the holidays together, which is important. That's true. Because the point, at least for me, is like, I want this life because I want freedom and I want flexibility. And, and you too, I'm sure in some capacity or at every capacity, but then we do this thing when you can look at your own life, anyone listening, like where you might do this of, even though you start to create everything you want, you like sabotage back and you're like, Oh, I have this great life. I'm doing it. It's working. Let me pick up a shift and ruin my holiday for no reason, even though I don't need it. And it hmm. makes no sense. And the point here is like, keep going toward what you want. Like when the data shows literally truly that when you follow your purpose, you're not only happier, healthier, but you make more money for you and your entire family. Mm. So point being said, making a few hundred bucks at the catering shift isn't helping your cause. It's only gonna... It's just slowing you down. It's just slowing you down. And I'll say, just really quick, sorry, (laughs) is uh, I am a huge proponent of having a job while you pursue your career like just to put that out there. But what we're talking about right now is you didn't need it. Right. I didn't necessarily need it, but I wanted like some extra income, Mm -hmm. but putting myself out there was scary. Like to be like, Hey, like the world, like I'm going to sell some of this art and like paint some boards and have prints made. Like anything you do following your purpose is going to be scary at first because your body's not used to it. Doing the catering shifts. I was content with that. I'd been doing it for years. Yeah. It's reliable, but the meaningful stuff will always be scary at first. Yeah. And that's okay. You just need to like embrace it. Yeah. And it ended up working out. Yeah. And I got a, a bunch of positive people like reaching out and sold more than I thought. And people have been still sending me pictures of it, like hanging on their walls. And wow. it's mind blowing. It's really yeah. cool. All this to say, just like, keep going in the direction that you want. It's going to be hard. I always say it's going to be hard, but it will be the easiest thing that you do. Yeah. Like, it's like, once you get in the swing of it, it feels better the next time around. Yeah. So this is great. And we'll, we'll sort of kind of wrap up. I want to talk about a little bit of where we are right now. And we'll probably do more episodes down the line. Um, and also you guys like, let me know if you're enjoying this. Like if you like hearing from us, I, some of this podcast will be more, more of like focus on the work that I do. Right. Some will be interviews and also some personal things. So if you like this episode, please share, 
tag me and let me know or message me um, so that I know and, and we'll do more. But it's really great in where you are now. And and now we're in Keystone. We're on this trip. We're filming a podcast. We're going to go snowboarding. And you ended up where you are and all in that time period from when we met in Vermont to where we are now living together in LA. We've been together for like three years or something. At time flies. We met in 2019, mm-hmm. it's 2023. All the while, I was like relentlessly kind of in a pressure cooker doing what you had done in skateboarding in my own career of like it feels to me at a lesser caliber but because what you did had so many external people involved and in your career I want to highlight this too because we talked a lot about you going against the evidence going against the odds and so often people think and you too, me too, everyone. It's like, we're like, what are people going to think? What are people going to think? Right. And that's usually a thing that holds us back from doing what we love mm-hmm. and in skateboarding. You're literally being judged. Like <laughs> People are literally like judging you, not in a bad way, but like judging your skateboarding and quite literally comparing you to other people. So what a tough thing on the mind because so many of us fear that. We're like, what if we get compared? Hmm. What if people judge us? And you're like, I'm going to step into a career where I'm being compared and judged for a living and I'm going to keep going no matter what. Like, that's a black belt. So in this time period, once we met in Vermont, I was sort of going through the same thing in my career. So safe to say, Chris had made it out on the other side in some sense. I was in the thick of it. So Lots of energy happening there. Like two entrepreneurs sort of, you're an entrepreneur, right? Like two entrepreneurs really valuing work-life balance and really valuing play, but also like totally grinding, totally Mm -hmm. like, there's always a point and I'm always like, make time for what you love no matter what, but there's always going to be a point where you're working hard. Look at any successful person in the world And they've had time periods in their life where they were scraping by or they were like on the clock way too long, working, working, working. So we kind of had that going on. And now we're in a place where at least at this point in time, like we're both feeling pretty good, pretty comfortable in where we are. And of course, you're always on the journey. There's always unknown. Like that stuff never goes away, but we're kind of more settled now. And we really sort of work together in so many ways and let, we'll just talk about this for a couple minutes and then sort of wrap up but yeah I love how you always reinsure to me that if we just continue to like aim for what we desire and what we want we're never going to be happy in the time being just to appreciate what we're doing and now. what we have yeah even though it might not be like our end goal in life <laughs> it's amazing to I... to just appreciate it and and to like mentally be the person you want to be. Yeah. I, I remember saying that to you and I, I say stuff like this all the time, but I remember recently being like, if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy when you're a billionaire. Yeah. That's and it's, it. it's true. It's like, hello, like mm-hmm. let's aim for goals, but life is happening right now. Like I am psyched every day and also it's hard and also there's uncertainty on your path, no matter what. 
And I think there's the same amount of uncertainty when you're working at a coffee shop and like your career is uncertain to now when you're certain, like we think we're like, oh, I'm going to make it. And then I'm no longer going to have all these like ambitions or I'm no longer going to have all these feelings I've been having. And, and the reality is, is that no matter where we are, we're always going to feel similar things there, somebody described it one way of kind of like weightlifting. It's like you get stronger. Mm, then you but, want more weight. But then you lift heavier. So like it's yeah. always going to be there. Just enjoy the enjoy the moment. And we all, you and I drop in all the time. And and we, if I don't catch you, you catch me. And we drop in and we're like, oh my God, this is great. Like mm. it's a Tuesday and we're skating together. Like this is so fun. So we we really check ourselves on that. And of course we're not perfect, but I think, we've both committed to checking each other and we're really open to feedback. You're more open than me, but (laughs) we're really open to feedback and we check in on each other. And right now, you know, you were just talking about it yesterday, but you go out and skate or film skateboarding. Like you might be filming something on a handrail and I'll come out and watch for traffic for you. Like I'll support you in your career, or we'll just go out and skate together for fun. And then in my career, you're so incredibly supportive of me. And also you edit my copy. You check my stuff for spelling. I help you look at your clips. I help, I help you with little things almost in like the professional world or like little bits of what I do and, and you help me. So it's really this beautiful dynamic that we've built very separate lives and careers, but we really support each other. Right. We understand like what's important in each other's lives. Yeah. And we're there for each other. It's cool. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. This was really fun. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. I said it already, but I'll say it again. <laughs> um, this was definitely a little bit of an edge, like having you, on here like in, into our lives I think it was really fun so I'd love really I would love to hear if, if you guys listened if you enjoyed it and of course what parts of it you liked and yeah we're gonna go snowboarding and then head back to LA later I don't know if you have anything else to say but thanks for thanks for coming on my show and and sharing I I didn't I don't know if I mentioned this but you truly I think I did but like you really are so inspiring to me and especially in the way that you trust yourself no matter what and like really follow through and I'm somebody who if I don't see it in reality within like five minutes like I'm like whatever that idea is old and you always remind me to like be on it for the long run and be patient and see things through and I'm super grateful for that and yeah, this is incredible. Well, thanks. I'm happy to be here. And it's fun, like reminiscing here and understanding how I got to where I am and how we met and yeah, just all the trials and tribulations that go into like following your purpose. Yeah. It's like never easy, but worthwhile yeah. for sure. All right. What a freaking journey, but thank you so much. And I will see you guys soon. Bye.
All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please share on Instagram and tag me. I can guarantee it will make my day to hear from you. If you want to stay in the loop for future episodes, make sure to subscribe. And as always, if this episode made you think of someone you love or you know someone who would benefit from listening, please send it their way. You never know how you can impact someone's life. Until next time.